It used to be the case that nearly every video game out there had a single-player mode. The idea of multiplayer amounted to gathering a few friends over to your home and playing a game on a single console. But now in the era of the internet and online gaming, multiplayer gaming has taken off in new and interesting ways. In fact, multiplayer gaming is so popular that some developers have begun to make games that completely get rid of the single-player experience, like Titanfall. Other developers are making games that emphasize multiplayer play, but potentially at the cost of the single-player experience. But is the single-player experience actually dying? Will it eventually become a thing of the past? We're going to tackle this question right here on this episode of Downloadable Content. Welcome to Downloadable Content. I am Brian, and once again, we have Ron. Hey, everyone. And joining Downloadable Content for his first time, we welcome Casey to the fray. Welcome, welcome. Welcome. We have our, our another latecomer, late in the season, adding to the tally, joining the ranks of all of the other panelists that have graced this uh this show before, so I hope you enjoy yourself. You picked, I think, a good topic to join in on. And hopefully you have quite a bit to say about it. I would assume so, that's why you are here. So before we get started, ladies and jelly spoons, I'd like to remind you that, as always, you can find downloadable content on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher. You can get in contact with us a variety of ways. D- on Facebook, facebook.com slash dlcontent. Twitter at DL Content, Tumblr at DLCPodcast.tumblr.com, and of course you can always email us DLContent1 at gmail.com. So, uh, let's get, dive into the discussion at hand, people. Um, this actually, I think, was a suggestion for, uh, for this episode was brought by Ronnie, I think. I'm pretty sure it was Ronnie. Um, we have like multiple Rons here, so we yeah one of us. yeah we have Ron and Ronnie. So uh, this didn't come from you; it went from yeah. it, it came from the other Ron. Um, but he uh, could not make this episode, alas, because retail. The horrors of retail. The horrors of retail. He works at Walmart, and I pity the bastard. I did holiday last year as uh, for Target, so you. I, I I know the pain that he's going through. So, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna have this episode for him, in honor of him. In honor of him, yes. So, uh, the single player experience is dying. Some people seem to think that. Um, 
I was reading an article, an opinion article from the website VentureBeat.com, and uh, he was lamenting the fact that he thinks that the single-player experience is dying, that more and more developers are doing away with the single-player because multiplayer is where it's at. And then you have others like uh, Bethesda uh, developer who worked on Dishonored saying that the demise of single-player games are completely overstated and that he argues that every time there's a new video game cycle, somebody says, well, this is dying or that's dying, you know. Uh, so I'm curious to actually feel where, where you guys think, what you guys think on this particular question. Um, I don't particularly think single-player games are dying, but I will elaborate on that in a bit. I want to hear what you guys have to say first. Well, for me personally, I don't think that single-player will ever actually die. Multi I mean, certain games are going to get multiplayer aspects. For example, I wouldn't be surprised if Final Fantasy gets a multiplayer aspect that is not in an MMO, for example. But then, you know... Uh, other games may expand on um, multiplayer or just do away, do away with single player altogether, but I don't think it will ever truly actually die. I don't think so either. Uh, Ron, what say you? Um, I think we will see a not near. I don't think we'll see as many single player games being released as time goes on. I think we will see most single-player games be your occasional AAA games, and then the indie community developing most single-player games. And I feel that's going to be more so because of um, p the large AAA studios will not want to spend multiple years developing a, a single-player game when they could get more money out of a multiplayer game because of the relative, I want to say relative ease, because, like, mul developing a multiplayer game is its own can of worms, but the longevity of your game and being able to make more sales off the game, I think you would get more sales out of a multiplayer game than you would a single-player game. I think, though, that if, if developers abandon, largely, if they largely abandon single-player, I would think that they're cutting off a large chunk of their potential fan base. They are, because I know a lot of players that hardly play multiplayer, and they focus entirely on the single-player part of the game. And I know people that don't touch single-player at all, and just do, straight no do nothing but multiplayer. So, I mean, it, it largely depends on your circle of friends. I mean, I... I mean, I don't think that... You know, I think single-player's demise has been greatly exaggerated. I mean... Take, for example, I mean, very recent examples. Um, Skyrim, which came out a couple years ago. I mean, that is entirely single player. There is no multiplayer uh, component at all to Skyrim, and that title was immensely popular. It made money hand over fist. Um, games like Bioshock, the crux of the game and its emphasis is on the single player. 
Um, I mentioned in the intro, though, I mean, Titanfall, for example, Activision is taking... It might, it might be... Um, it, it's one of those games that has no single-player component at all. I don't know how well Titanfall is or isn't doing. I don't either. That game not being my cup of tea. Um, I mean, you have the... The, the online gaming community that play MOBAs, which are, by their definition, multiplayer. Um, and even MMOs, and like RPGs. I mean, yes, you might be connected online to the, the network, but you're still playing, you know, by yourself. You don't necessarily have to have... You don't necessarily have to be involved in some manner of group play. With MMOs specifically, there usually is a component of like in-game content requiring a, a, a party of some kind. Like most, I, I'm trying to think of an MMO that came out recently that has a single that could do a like you do most of your in-game content as a single player, and most of it you can't. Like Final yes. Fantasy XIV is the only exception, and that's because they designed the game at yeah, the reboot, I should say, when they did the um, release for Realm Reborn. Like, level 1 through 50, you can get to by yourself, and they have a storyline, an actual storyline for it, too. And, like, that's the only one I can think of that would have it. But like, even once you hit 50, like, um, I mean, once you hit 50, you complete that story. Like, you, the only thing you can do is going to party with people that you know or finding a party and doing the endgame dungeons. Okay, so you started to say something. I just I just said uh, Destiny, how um, there are certain parts of that game that you can do by yourself, but then there's most of it that you need a party of some sort. And in some cases, it even requires a party of some sort to be able to do certain things. I know Destiny has an endgame like, rating system or something like that, where you play with 8 people or 12 people or some size number to fight a lot of like really strong things that you just couldn't kill by yourself, more so from the fact that it's a giant giant bullet sponge weren't anything else. And I know that there are definitely, there are some games in which uh, you need to, I mean, yes, the emphasis is on single player, but in order to be, to basically get everything and complete a game 100%, you need to play multiplayer to unlock some of those things, like Mass Effect 3, for example, does this where you can get a lot of the stuff, you can unlock a lot of the stuff in the single player, but to really get a 100, you know, complete the game 100%, you must play... Complete the game 100% with the secret ending, you have to play online. Right. It's not a requirement, but I mean, I do know plenty of gamers that are completionists. And it's to them I say, I wish I had your free time. <laughs> I wish I had your free time. I'm usually content to complete the game, complete the story, and just be like, okay, move on. But for some, that isn't enough. They must extract every single element, extruding from every pore. That's me. 
And again, I wish I had your free time. <laughs> and then you have games in which you ha have a single-player uh, experience, but at the same time, you are connected to uh, the network at large. I, uh, I think of Demon Souls and Dark Souls, where you are playing as your, your character, but at the same time, a bunch of people are on, and you see them as little apparitions, and they leave little notes for whoever happens to stumble across them, and it's up to you to decide whether uh, to listen or ignore whatever they have to say. I actually think that's an interesting evolution of the single-player experience. Also, I mean, if you've ever played Dark Souls or Demon Souls, th those games, uh, you must be a glutton for punishment in order to play those. So, uh, I know um, and some of the more single-player games, like single-player only games that stand out to me that came out recently, um, Bastion and uh, Transistor. Like those games are almost solely single-player. I don't think there's any sort of multiplayer aspect to them. Nope, they're not. And you know that's. You know where we have indie games trying to pick up the slack, and it always goes back to indie games. I find that they're trying to do a lot of the things that the AAA studios are not. I mean, yes, indie games, indie studios, developers are not so emphasized on the bottom line as much as it is making great quality games. Um, you have like indie RPGs or retro-style platformers. Um, I mean, there's some, been some excellent indie games that I've played on Steam. Um, Cthulhu Saves the World, and you've mentioned Bastion and Transistor, uh, Guiana Sisters Twisted Dreams. There are other games like Braid, uh, Limbo, in which, you know, the emphasis once again is on single player, but then again, I don't suspect a lot of indie games, indie developers, I should say, have the infrastructure in place like Sony or Microsoft to be able to create a immensely multiplayer experience, though. I could be wrong. The only ones that I know of that have like a multiplayer aspect to them are Risk of Rain, and there's also a, an action RPG called um, Path of Exile, which is basically like a Diablo 2S sort of game where you can play a solo, but you can also play with friends that you know, like you just invite them into your party and you can go out and get loot drops and stuff like that. But again, for in, in indie titles, that's, that's the exception rather than, you know, the overarching vast majority of the rule. Yeah. Um, with, with the AAA developers... Um, not only are we seeing, you know, a, a more profound shift to multiplayer, but there are games in which, yes, they have a single-player component, but it's kind of, it's kind of in there as an afterthought. Um, going back to the opinion article from VentureBeat, uh, the writer mentions, uh, Battlefield. Um, which has a very, very good and very strong multiplayer mode, but 
much of the complaints about the series is the single-player mode, and the complaints are usually something along the line of it's too short, the characters aren't really that interesting, the plot sucks. Uh, Call of Duty has similar complaints. But then again, I don't know too many people who play Call of Duty for the single-player. Yeah, same here. They, they spend ten times more time in developing multiplayer for stuff that really doesn't even matter than the actual single-player aspect, which is really where video games' roots have came from. And so do you, you suspect that developers are shifting away from the single-player experience in order to make a quicker buck, as, as Ron uh, said earlier? Well, personally, I do think so, but mainly I think it may also depend on the design of the game in question, whether it sounds like it can support multiplayer or not, or if it would work well at all. I think development time is also a factor. Like, most of these AAA games nowadays have two, three, four-year development cycles, and if you're basing your gameplay almost solely on single-player, um, you need to either have that single-player be balls-to-the-wall amazing and knock it out of the park, or you need to have a Skyrim Fallout type thing where you have 200, 300 hours of single player available for people to play. To get them, for them to reveal that they get the most out of the game because of all these games costing $60 a, a pop an hour, potentially $70 if the, the stuff from Canada goes through into the US. And, well, I mean, I don't think you need a single player game of that length to make it worth your while. I mean, I mentioned Bioshock. Those game, those single-player uh, experiences for those didn't... They don't last anywhere near as long, and I still felt I got an... an yeah, they last, like, 12 to 20 hours, but again, like, for those games specifically, like, they knock it out of the park in terms of storytelling. Like, they combine storytelling with the single-player, and that, I think, gets most people's money out of it, but... If you're just some Joe Schmo company trying to make a AAA game, sort of trying to make a name for yourself, if you don't do a Bioshock quality in terms of storyline or a Mass Effect in terms of story, I don't think your game's going to sell that well. Even if the game plays well and, and um, is like well balanced and well designed and everything, I think Super Giant Games might have a word with you on that, uh, because. Bastion and Transistor are between six to eight hours. And they're both absolutely amazing. Yeah, but those games are 10, 12 bucks. 20 bucks for a Transistor, I think, when it came out. When it came out, I, yeah. Yeah, so, like, you pay 20 bucks for a six-hour experience. Like, that's basically, money value-wise, that's basically you going to the movie theater and seeing two or three movies and, it, and you're saving money that way because you got a six-hour experience when if you went to the movie theater for six hours, you'd probably spend 40, 50 bucks. But was the 40 or 50 bucks worth it? That's going to be up to the movie viewer to, to decide. Whereas with Transistor, I, from, a, from a pure value standpoint, I feel they would have gotten the value out of Transistor if they played it for a full six hours. I mean, then again, I mean, yes, Transistor had... I think a two or three year development time. 
So, I mean, yes, there might have been some complaints that, you know, for as long as it took Transistor to be made, it, 20 bucks might have been a little steep. But uh, the re- my counterpoint to that argument is that Supergiant Games is like a studio of 10 people, maybe? It's a, like, it's a, yeah, really it's a small, small studio. studio, yeah. It's a small studio, and these are, like... It's a ten people, and that includes like the composer, the singer, the, the develop, the, like the, the designers and the developers and the artists and things like that. Like that's a lot of that's a lot of work that they did to get that game that polished with a very limited staff and and yes, so I mean yes, you can understand the, the lead time. Then you have a game like. Then you have a series like Assassin's Creed, where there are hundreds and hundreds of people working on it. And they're pumping it out, like, every year. Which then runs into the, 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 the argument that, you know, you, you make all of these, these games and these sequels. You'd think, wouldn't that get bored after a while? I mean, I'm personally sick of all of these sequels and sequels and sequels and sequels that triple-A developers keep churning out. Depends on how far they can take the story. It also depends on um, and whether the new development cycle or new console cycle is out or not. Because remember, Assassin's Creed came out when the Xbox 360 came out, or shortly thereafter. And that was like a triple-A studio doing a an, un, an, un, an unproven triple-A game. And Generally speaking, I find design companies are more willing to do that at the beginning of a console cycle than they are anytime else because the console is new. And even if if the game sells well enough in the, in the beginning of a console cycle, then you have a you have a named product that you can just continue making sequels of for two, three, four, or in Assassin's Creed case, they did for what ten years, almost like seven or eight years of Assassin's Creed games. And, like, only just now are we really getting sick and tired of Assassin's Creed because we that's more so from the fact that, they, that the fans want to see the Assassins be in the 21st century and not in the 17th and 18th century. Just to reference your, your, just your statement, the first Assassin's Creed game came out uh, seven years ago. Yeah, so that was, again, like, in the... Relatively early on in the Xbox 360's life cycle. Yep, the, the Xbox 360, PlayStation 3, so... And, I mean, then you have games like Call of Duty and Battlefield, which seemingly just have grown into this massive hydra. And are still incredibly popular. They keep breaking sales records. But again, the draw, despite you know, d- the despite it all, the draw is still for them multiplayer. I mean, our single-player games now are largely the more narrative-driven games, as opposed to you know back in the days, back in the '90s, of course, when you had Super Nintendo Genesis, where of course every single game was a single-player, and the idea of multiplayer was bring a few friends over to your house and a couple of controllers and, and have fun. Yeah. 
And that was just more so a case of, I think, limiting software, limiting technology back in the 80s and 90s. Like, most of your multiplayer games had to be designed not only with there being another person there, but they had to be physically there with a controller. And then you need to deal with the whole programming aspect of having a second controllable character on the screen or a third or fourth person. Like, um, Mario Kart and then, like, most of your racing games sold relatively well because. Like they were the few, they're like pretty much only multiplayer games out of the time. I actually kind of like the fact though that Nintendo is still keeping that bit of nostalgia going. You know, with say for example, I mean, yes, you have you can play online in games like Mario Kart and Super Smash Brothers, but you can also still, I mean, the, the you can also still have a bunch of people come over your place and you know have a bunch of controllers, and play. I still like that yeah. bit of nostalgia. It is nice. There perhaps is no way to beat everyone sitting in front of a TV on the same console playing a game. Yeah, that way you could scream, yell, and punch them right there. You know, fun. It, yes, instead of, you know, being the only one in your living room with a headset on, yelling at your TV. Or throwing your controller down in frustration. Well, you don't need multiplayer for that. <laughs> yeah, but really multiplayer don't. seems to be the one that, that causes most of the rage and frustration and controller breaking. But I, I think it's it's probably safe to say that the the games that are largely now meant for you know a true single player experience are your RPGs or your very, very narrative-driven games. You know, like... Matt, well, you, you could... The debate continues whether, whether you consider Mass Effect an RPG, but... You know, there's, there's a game I'm playing now called Child of Light um, that was made by Ubisoft, and that is entirely single-player. That's an RPG. Um, we've mentioned Skyrim. That is... I'm... You... I have not met a, one of my... Anyone, any one of my friends who have played Skyrim have actually finished it. Have completed everything in the game. I have I finished the main campaign. That's the only claim to fame I have for Skyrim. What'd you say, Casey? You actually completed the game 100%? No, I did not. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, because if if you have, that I would A, not be surprised, and B, you'd be the first of my friends to actually have done that. I actually prefer Oblivion over Skyrim. Ah, okay. So much. And, I mean, we, we don't see a lot of platformers anymore. Except in the indie realm. Or Nintendo. Or Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Nintendo is still... Again, Nintendo's still holding on. They're holding on for dear life. Let the kidney on that branch. They're never letting go. No, they're not They're not letting go, but, you know, I think they're doing just fine. So, even... So, I, I think that even the, the... The types of games now that developers are making, AAA developers I'm talking about, um, are, are less... They're less lending themselves to single-player experiences. Not to say that they, they've stopped altogether, 
but some of them may be thinking, you know, what's the point? I mean, like I said, uh, I think Titanfall might be one of the only, one of the, probably one of the very few games that I personally know of that actually has no sense of single player. There pro there's uh, there's probably definitely a few others out there. Titanfall is the only one that comes to mind. My mind. You might have others. Destiny, I think, is online only. Is it multiplayer only, or I think it's multiplayer only. only. It's like that half was a and weird. Half. That was a weird noise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like half and half. Like you can do some of the stuff solo or by yourself. But I think almost everything has. I think it does require an internet connection at all times. Well, the internet connection also might be for DRM issues because yeah, that's possible. But I'm not certain. It, it, it because that's definitely the case in Mass Effect, where you have if you're even if you're playing the single player in Mass Effect, you still need an internet connection so that it can dial home to EA. I will never, yeah. for, I will never forget the time I was playing Mass Effect Two, playing single player, and uh, we had an internet outage. Yeah, Time Warner was having issues, so my router was down, and I couldn't play it. Even though I was not playing the game, I was not playing multiplayer. I was not playing online at all. I was playing single player, but yet it said, "Nope, uh, we can't connect to the EA servers. You can't play." That's EA for you. And yeah, so I don't know. Does does EA have their grubby little paw prints all over Destiny? Probably. Well, let's find out. Let us consult Lord Wikipedia. Well, obviously, Destiny's made by Bungie. That's but who is it published through? I think also Bungie. Activision. Sure, I'm glad I said Activision instead of Bungie. Yep, developed developed by Bungie and published by Activision. So, I do not know if the internet connection thing is a DRM is, you know, the the DRM thing. But then again, EA is the devil to begin with. So, oh, good, you heard me. <laughs> so, but yeah, RPGs platformers, you know, platformers aren't made anymore by AAA developers outside of Nintendo. Um, the narrative-heavy games seem to be the, you know, the ones really still holding on to that sort of single-player experience. Um, I mean, obviously, I mean, even fighting games aren't made not made all that much anymore. And I used to spend countless hours just playing games like Mortal Kombat and Soul Calibur by myself, having just as much fun playing single-player as I did playing online. And for my own personal aesthetic, I don't particularly like playing online with um, other people, because not everything has to be a competition. They did this... Uh, uh, which Was it Dead Space 3... Uh, in which you have the option to 
have a second player join your single player campaign? Yeah. Sims 3. I mean, I never did, and I'd never played the co-op. But um, just playing the single player was fun. I mean, you could have somebody online join your single player game or have somebody with a second controller um, play along with you. Which kind of reminded me of the glory days of the Sega Genesis when you get to play uh, Sonic the Hedgehog with you playing Sonic and, you know, somebody else playing his Tails and always would leave Tails in the dust. But I still think that single player, just abandoning single player altogether would... A lot of developers would lose a lot of money, I feel. I mean, yes, there might be, as as you said, Ron, a lot more money to be made in multiplayer, but I think that... I, I don't think that AAA developers, by and large, are willing to assume the risk of cutting off that potential revenue stream. I, I think... I'm inclined to agree with you. I think the reason why people are more hesitant to do it now than they were before is because of how Titanfall did. Like, I know it sold decently well, but, like, I've heard almost nothing about it since it came out, and that came out, what, six, eight months ago? Yeah, I think it was last spring, but let me get get you an actual date on that. I think it was June. I'm probably way off, though. March 11th. Of this year. Yeah, so like earlier this year, your time will come out, and like for the first two, maybe three weeks, I heard people talking about it and playing it. And since basically mid April, I've heard nothing about it since. Like, did they just abandon it, or did they. or or what? Like, I have no clue what's going on with the game. I, I don't know how well it's a ladder. Well, I mean, it reviewed very well. Um, but, you know, it, it's the, it's an, it's a Xbox and PC exclusive. Um, but some of the negative reviews for that game, um, were, you know, some of them were, were basically boiling it down to, you know, just Call of Duty with mech, with mechs. That's exactly how I describe it. I've never seen the game being played, but I saw some some online footage, some you know, some trailers and stuff. And you know, it again, I saw it. I'm like, I think I'm gonna pass. I also don't own an Xbox One. I mean, I have a 360, but still, I was just kind of about it. Des- I mean, and despite the uh, the hype that the game got. You are right, Ron. I've heard nothing almost pretty much since it was released. And for a game that entirely built itself on multiplayer, you'd think that you'd hear more about it, at least in the gaming community. Because people just love their multiplayer games. Says he, slightly cynical. That's all right. I don't blame you. <laughs> but I mean, one of the reasons that I feel I, I get uh, turned off by multiplayer—I mean, I don't really like 
competing against faceless people? Because I, I've given my limited experience playing online multiplayer for games, I realized I came to the conclusion very quickly that there are people out there who have no lives. You're just not realizing this? Well, I've, I've known it before, but you really see it in an online multiplayer game. Especially, I mean, if you are just getting into multiplayer on a game that, say, has been out for a very, for not even a long time, maybe even a few months at that, you know, you're going to get your ass handed to because you have just like the beginning starting, you know, stuff, equipment, stats, or whatever, and then you, you just get overrun by all of these people who have, you know, the latest and greatest and best because they've been playing the game 24 hours straight every day. And for me, that's a, that's a major turnoff. It's like, okay, well, that's... It's like if you don't buy it on launch date and you don't play it 24 hours a day like they do, you're just going to get, you know, destroyed. And then it kind of takes all the fun out of it. That's how I largely feel about multiplayer. And again, I feel I, I feel much more comfortable and I get a lot more fun out of actually having, so, you know, friends over playing a game. You know, we're all on... You know, the same... Maybe we're not all on the same skill level, but at the same time, you can punch that person. And that's what makes it fun. And that's what makes it fun, because violence is wonderful. Sometimes. Well, mostly all the time. <laughs> that depends on who you ask. That depends on who you ask. What, do you go around blowing up government buildings for fun? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and even so we were just talking about Titanfall and even Destiny um, I have not heard too much about since its release and that's another one that got incredible hype because it was made by Bungie you know the same people who brought you Halo and again that game got released and I've heard nary a peep since I still see commercials for it. Taco Bell, from what I can tell, is still running some contests or something for it. Okay. Then again, I'm you know with school in session, I am not you know up to date as I should be on most of the video game world. But and, and with stress getting the better of you sometimes. Yeah, well, that'll happen. But. It also Destiny was also one of those games that review well Destiny actually reviewed probably a little bit worse than Titanfall. You have so, you know it was basically a sort of 8 out of 10, 7 out of 10. Even some people went so far as to uh, as to give it like a 6 out of 10. Even though it sold very, very well, it shipped. Uh, let's see, what, what is what is this little factoid here? 
Uh, on September 10th, 2014, Activision claimed that Destiny was the most successful new gaming franchise launch of all time as the game shipped more than $500 million to retail stores and first-party stores worldwide, having sold uh, over 91,000 physical copies on PS4, almost 50,000 copies on PS and PS3 within the first week of release in Japan. Obviously, it's sold much better here. Mm-hmm. Um, and keeping along with Destiny, I don't know. Uh, do you guys watch um, Yahtzee? Oh, no. Yahtzee on zero punctuation. Yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, <laughs> I watch it a bit. Oh, Yahtzee's hilarious. Uh, in his review of Destiny, he described the game as aggressively boring. I think one of the reasons why Destiny has been rated so badly is because it attracted a lot of Call of Duty players. And when they played it and they saw, you know, that it has RPG elements, but more than that, that they couldn't win as easily as they do on Call of Duty, it kind of, they, they kind of didn't like it. So that's why they gave the bad ratings. There's a thought. Uh, there were been, There were some complaints that the plot for Destiny was uh, a bit similar to Halo. There's a plot for Destiny? Apparently. <laughs> Allegedly. My brother's not excited. <laughs> uh, in theory, I, I don't know. I mean, I played, I, I played Halo 1 and I was like, why did this game get so much hype and success that it did? But... Then again, I played Halo 1 10 years after it came out. So, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to, to admit the fact that I missed the train on that. I kind of liked it. It was fun. Just the first one, though. J- just as an aside, I, I was a little... I was... Inter- I, the Halo kept my interest until the second half of the game when basically your strategy was just run. Oh yeah. Yeah, when you got to the flood and the entire strategy for the second half of the game was just run away. I'm like, oh. So now I, I get to this point and now I have to basically just run all the way back to the beginning of the game. That's kinda boring. It's like a one big long race. Essentially. So But I mean, those are just a couple of examples of games that may or may not do multiplayer as as well. Uh, I heard some some actually some great things about Mass Effect's multiplayer. And again, never having played it, all I have to go on are you know people's opinions and and reviews. But I think that the game that really started the multiplayer craze, and this is just my own personal opinion, uh, we have to go back to GoldenEye. We have to go back to GoldenEye for the N64. I don't know if, if you've played that, Ron. I have, and I own it, and I would probably agree with you, actually, on that, just because of... Like, whenever I had friends come over and we would play games, um, 
Well, actually, I should rephrase. I had friends come over and we were just sitting down playing games, and then they saw that I had the N64. And then they asked, well, did you have GoldenEye? And I said, yes. And then they said, well, do you have an extra... Give four controllers? And I said, well, I've only got two. Almost immediately, we started doing a rotation of loser passing controllers to the next person. And then whenever they came over from there on out, they brought on their own controllers. We spent almost the entirety of the time they, they were hang, we were hanging out playing GoldenEye. Because this is so, some of the dumb stuff you could do in that game was uh, really fun and enjoyable and it made a lot of the more humorous moments. Like, it meant sort of like like, just the, the fact that you're sitting down playing with friends, just generally, just having general dumb fun was definitely something that not many people had done before previously, I feel. So, and I think it is on that ha- that wonderful note that we're going to close the first half. On our second half, we're going to continue this discussion and also talk about some mo- more games that do have great single-player experiences. And we will continue with that. But for in the meantime, you will have some music, as is our usual custom. I haven't, I haven't a clue. I'll just pull something at random from my iTunes and say, Here, have fun. You listen to that. So... You're listening to downloadable content. We'll be back.
Welcome back to this second half of downloadable content, talking about the single-player experience, or the death of, whatever your position falls. Somewhere along the way during the intermission, we lost a Casey. Family obligations came up, so he had to uh, unfortunately bugger off, so you won't have him for the rest of the episode. However, we bring on two people to replace him. We bring in Mike. Welcome back. And we bring on Reed. Welcome back to you, sir. Thank you. It's been a while. Yes, it has, and Ron is still here. He's he's always here. I'm I'm still floating here somewhere. He's omnipresent. He's no he knows everything. So in our first half, we spoke largely about how single player, how some uh, developers, some critics, what have you, are decrying the fact that more and more games are focusing entirely on multiplayer or putting at least more emphasis on it, and basically giving players. Uh, a shitty single-player experience. You know, I, I made the point that there are there is there are still a lot of players who do not want to uh, go out onto the wide world of the internet and play with or against other players. So, you know, by by focusing more and more on online multiplayer, I think that uh, that would do more harm than good. I think you know by cutting off single player, you're you're removing a big chunk of the audience. Yeah, I agree with you there. Yeah. Internet's a scary place. It's scary too, and I think a great example of uh, the removal of single player features too is the new uh, what is it, Elder Scrolls Online? It's not new anymore at this point, but still, I mean. Elder Scrolls has always been just a single-player game, and the idea that the most recent one is exclusively an MMO is boggling to me. Nobody wants to multiplay Elder Scrolls. I actually, feel, you know, that that does feel kind of weird. I mean, I mean, I know that the only Elder Scrolls game I've played to this point is Skyrim, but that's one of the things that I've loved about Skyrim is the fact that it's you and your avatar and this huge, expansive, open yeah. world. Yeah. You're not uh, sharing it with anybody else. The tagline to the Elder Scrolls series has always been live another life in another world, you know, before that became happening. And uh, the, yeah, the idea that now it's not your world anymore, I mean, that's a drastic shift. Yeah, I mean, I think there's something to be said for, like, especially a game like Elder Scrolls, where it's so... It's a sandbox for the most part. You know, there's the story, but there's all these things to go out and explore and take a look at. And that, and you feel like a pioneer. You know, you're going out in this untouched realm. You've done this thing in this cave and stuff like that. And uh, to share that online, it kind of gets watered down when you have people posting like, Hey, check out this uber secret cave here. Here's how you can get all of the hidden things in this location. You know, it's, it's like... Like the uh, the walkthroughs or guides are forced upon you just from players, other players talking in the environment. Well, it's not even just that, like that the single player campaign is dying. Really, it's it's also too that any kind of like couch co op too is dying. Like my wife and I, Ma- Maggie, we always used to buy Call of Duty. <coughs> I didn't Call of Duty that much, but it always had the split screen fun, and like now that's just totally being removed. It's just you got to get another system, another subscription to the online service, and another copy of the game. And it feels, it honestly feels like they're removing a core element of games, which is odd because with like the PlayStation 4, I don't know how many controllers you can 
now up to like 18. I don't know. And, and it just seems like no one's taking advantage of this. We actually have friends who want to get together and play a game. I think the only real major company who still has a significant emphasis on sort of like the multiplayer, like the couch, you know, couch piling multiplayer is Nintendo. Yeah. Oh, totally. I mean, take take a look at, you know, Super Smash Brothers just came out on the Wii U. You can play up eight player verses on that thing. I can't imagine, you know, eight people wouldn't even fit on my couch currently. <laughs> but eight players on the oh, same God. screen, it's... It's insane when you think of, like, it's... And it's all, all the, like, uh, you know, um, elbow competition, you could call it, where instead of just having somebody that you don't know you've never seen it's somebody right next to you that could be like i'm totally gonna whoop you with jigglypuff jigglypuff is a great all <laughs> hail jigglypuff which you, you kind of lose out when you have only like if i want to play something uh i want to play destiny with my my brother or my friend it's like okay you go to your house you play it on your system and you'll play on my system we'll exchange names we'll group up that way it's it takes something away from the, the good old-fashioned split-screen multiplayer. I mean, some of my greatest multiplayer, you know, memories are, you know, just sitting in front of the, on the couch with a group of friends, you know, playing Mario Kart or Mario Party, all the games that would really cause you to lose friends. Mario Party, yeah, ends friendships. Mario, Mario Party just totally ends friendships. I remember clearly uh, uh, Super Mario Brothers Wii. Um, I was playing multiplayer with Reed and a couple of others, and Reed was that asshole who was just who just <laughs> existed to kill everybody. You know, it's a shared pool of lies, but Reed's like, you know what? Fuck you all. I want all the gold coins for myself. I'm gonna you're gonna go into a bubble to not die. Well, I'm gonna drop you into a hole while you're in that bubble, and you're gonna die anyway. Deal with it. No, I I think I was more pick everybody up and throw them down the pit when I thought I was helping. But uh, unquote helping. Yeah, that's. But I mean, even but even I mean, we're talking about Nintendo. But even those games with you know great multiplayer still have a pretty sizable single player. Yeah, I mean, you know, oh for sure. Honestly, one of the areas that I feel where this single player multiplayer split is done well is like in PC games, like in um, Saints Row. I mean, the multiplayer aspect is really drop in, drop out, like old school, and, and you can play the game with a friend, or you can play the game on your own, and really nothing's taken away from the single player experience. I think Dead Space Three is like that as well. I never yeah. played. Dead Space Three is, has drop in, drop out multiplayer, and that's it, great. It, 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 you might, it's co-op only. It's not um, up to four people. It's only you. It's only you being the main character. I'm forgetting his name at the moment and then some other guy that shows up in three is like an ex-military person well, that's a that's similar setup to uh, the multiplayer aspect in, in Watch Dogs um, you either can go in looking for multiplayer action where you're looking for like a, a player versus player experience you versus one other guy in uh, either a hide and go seek or a follow the leader ish kind of mode or you have like Grand Tri- you know, online racing, Gran Turismo against, I think, four other people. Or while you're playing the single player, you're just out about in the world, other players can pop into your game in the, the hide-and-seek aspect, you know, one other player at a time, basically, trying to 
hack your character, you have to find them before they hack and all that, but it's that drop, that whole kind of drop in, drop out system as well. And I think that actually works really well. I think that like a great example of what people don't want is uh, Grand Theft Auto Online. Grand Theft Auto 5 and it's Grand Theft Auto Online. It, that, that seems to me to be like, because it's not fun to do by yourself. You need somebody else. But at the same time, it's like, it doesn't have the immersion that the single player campaign has. It just kind of feels like this endless grind with no reward. Like, oh boy, my guy leveled up, but that's all I got going for me. <laughs> yeah, I think, with it. Go ahead, Reed. Right, go ahead. No, no, you first. <laughs> I think there are some games that certainly lend itself to you know a good, decent multiplayer, and there are some games that really do not. Um, I mean, we've already mentioned Elder Scrolls. Also, you know, I don't think games like Resident Evil lend itself well no. to multiplayer. Capcom, you know, if we remember this, uh, this gross suppository called Resident Evil Outbreak for the PS2, and uh, that was Capcom's very first attempt at online multiplayer with Resident Evil. Now, this was on the PS2. Um... It, they so focused... Capcom put all of its eggs in one basket with this game that the single-player mode, while it was... You know, you played on the same levels as the multiplayer. It was yours, your character, but you also had an AI partner. And the AI partner was so bad. Like in Payday. Like Payday. You can play it single-player, but the AI partner's... It's like a handicap. Basically, I was thinking, I was thinking Resident Evil Zero bad. But, uh, I don't know if you play Payday 2 or Payday, but the single-player campaign is not even worth playing. And, you know, I, there are definitely some games that lend itself very well to multiplayer. Uh, you know, certain types of RPGs, I think, work very well. Um, some shooters, I think, work very well. Surprisingly, the multiplayer aspect for Mass Effect 3 worked very well. I mean, that, yeah, that, that was, was almost fun. a... Yeah, it... it you know, at first people were kind of eh, uh, he high over it when they announced it, but when it came out, it doesn't do anything in regards to the the main story really, aside from well, it does with the uh, it makes with the yeah, it does it does well, with yeah, the yeah. the reinforcements like the, yeah, the it does a bit. I mean, like it doesn't affect the actual like in the now. I, I'm not with the controller in my hand. If I'm playing the first player game, you know, I'm the uh, single player game, the storyline. I'm not going to be having a, a ton on back of my mind of the multiplayer necessarily, or, or worried about some multiplayer popping in and taking me out with a headshot or something like that. It's you know there there is that that definite. Here's the single player. Here's the story mode, and here's the go have fun with your friends. You know, multiple people online mode. And as you guys were starting to mention, like how it, it affects with reinforcements, which affects the the story ending and such is an interesting way to bind them together, but really, at, at the heart of it, it's two almost separate games, really. Well, I think the thing with the Mass Effect is that uh, the multiplayer component does help with your reinforcements, but you don't need to do it. Like, you can still get the ending you want. It's totally single-player. That's, ver that's very true. The only My only gripe about that is the fact that if you're going to make multiplayer, if you if you are forced to play multiplayer, 
completionists probably hated that. Uh, but the idea of so the, the, the problem, too, is that, like, in ten years, no one's going to be... I don't even know if people are playing the Mass Effect multiplayer now. I mean, it could be dead. And and so, what if I get into Mass Effect, and I pick up the game, and no one plays multiplayer anymore? So right off the bat, I can't get those achievements, I can't get those reinforcements. Like, that's a... You know, it's, it's a time-sensitive thing, whereas the single-player campaign is supposed to be able to be picked up by anybody at any time. Provided you have an internet connection. Thank you, EA. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that, that's a whole nother episode of EA's use of ha- for, ha- uh, internet connection required to play single-player. That's a whole different... Uh, Two-hour-long rant. Yeah, it, it totally it works because the last time I went on the Pirate Bay, I mean, you can't get the Sims or anything like that. They're not up there at all. Oh no, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> disclaimer, disclaimer: We don't condone illegal bad, not bullshit, bullshit, not, bullshit. Okay. <laughs> it's bad for you. You'll get cancer anyway. Uh, <laughs> but there, there are certain games in which. Uh, the, the single-player experience is sort of evolving, quote-unquote, as it were. Uh, just before we got started with the second half, I, I mentioned Dark Souls. And yes, I, yes, I know, Mike, you, you, people brag about playing Dark Souls, but, I mean, I haven't finished it because, you know, sometimes I am not a glutton for punishment. Uh, <laughs> but... You know, Dark Souls, Demon Souls has an interesting thing of you're you're playing this, you are playing single player, but at the same time you are connected to the PlayStation Network or Xbox Live or what have you, and you can see in you know little wisps, little you know ghost-like things, you know in and out of your game, and they and you know you're connected to the network, so they leave messages for you, uh, sometimes uh, helpful, sometimes to troll you. <laughs> Oh yeah, I I learned very early on to trust nothing. I will see a note, and if it says like "Beware trap ahead," I'll be like, "Yeah, right." And then suddenly my head gets lobbed off. I'm like, "Oh, you're right after all." <laughs> but I I think that's an interesting evolution of single player where you're not actually playing multiplayer, but you're still connected to the network at large. But at the same time, something can drop in at any moment and cut your head off. <laughs> uh, Ron, have you finished any of the Dark Souls games? I've played and beaten both of them. Okay, so there, there you go, Mike. There's one. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm, I'm, I gotta admit, I'm impressed. <laughs> I mean, I haven't done the, the downloadable content for two. That's just more so because of like cost reputations than anything else. But I've beaten the main like story in both of them. And honestly, I find two to be a little bit easier than one. So, oh, but what did you think of how the mechanic worked? Um, I will admit, having it be that if you stay connected constantly, having someone come in and wreck your shit is relatively can be relatively annoying, especially when you're trying to go through your own leisurely pace and someone who is clearly higher level and that better gear than you comes in and does that. Now, to try to stop that from happening by introducing soul memory, which is an arcane of worms entirely because it ended up being that you couldn't play with your friends more so than stopping people from coming in and kicking your shit. Um, it, it's... 
I like the idea of it overall. Like the whole like leaving notes behind or like um seeing their ghosts walk around as you do your own thing because it kind of like says hey you're not the only one playing this game right now there's other people in your area and I do mean area because they have it, the location system based upon uh, it's like a on average like a one or two hour drive distance of people out around you so like you're playing at like 3am for some reason and you see three or four people ghosting around you well that means there's another two or three more people that are up at 3 or 4am with you to indulge in, in this um, masochism you speak from personal experience then you've been up at you know 3 oh, I've, I've been up at 3 or 4am to keep myself awake before um, the Korean League of Legends comes on <laughs> Because you know how time zones work and things like that. Where oh, yes. it's seven PM in Korea, but it's five AM in, in Chicago. You gotta sometimes stay up for that shit. Stop me if I'm wrong, but I think one of the things you're saying that you really like about it is that it's optional. Yeah, That's I mean it, it is optional. You can you can choose to say, No, I'm going to go offline now. Yeah. Fuck all y'all. You're not coming in and and killing me and I'm gonna progress through this on my own. And now, in two, it's hard. It's, hard to do that because they do sort of require a constant internet connection, mainly because they do um, backup saves um, for for your files. Like you, you can still save it locally, but they do backup saves on their servers as well. Well, one of the things that I I, I like that. I mean, I do. I like that, but I don't know if anybody else on here does. But I play a lot of games by Paradox Interactive. And they make like Europa Universalis and Hearts of Iron and Crusader Kings. They're basically games where you stare at maps. And, you know, grand strategy, you know, armchair general games. But even in this realm, we see a stripping down of single player features and more of a move towards almost forced multiplayer. I mean, we got Hearts of Iron 4 coming out soon, and I still know people, and I'm one of them, who still plays Hearts of Iron 2, because it has more of a fleshed-out single-player experience. And I think these people like get their cues from games like Battlefield, which you know only have like a token single-player experience. It's not even really worth playing. And I, I hate to see, like, Dark Souls does it right, in that you can add features in by playing it multiplayer, but I see a lot more of this stripping away in other games, where single player becomes more of a thing that is there just because it should. Like the credits. So you're saying that you feel... I'm sorry, I, I kind of got lost a little bit there, but are, are you saying that you feel that more people are, are feeling that they need to have multiplayer in with the game? So they're I kind think of... game developers are definitely just leaning harder on multiplayer. And they almost include include the uh, single player experience as an afterthought. Uh, and I, I think I'd have to agree with that. There seems to be a lot more games lately that you know, right out of the box. It's and, and actually, I say lately, but really, there's been games since I'd argue to say the first uh, Call of Duty: Modern Warfare. I mean, sure, it had a, a single storyline game that you could play through, but the story was kind of crap. And you beat it. Yeah, play it for the story. You played it for the multiplayer aspect. Right. 
Which and we've seen that with like Titanfall. Same thing with Titanfall. You put you can play a story, but even the story is multiplayer. The story requires multiplayer. You cannot experience any single player aspect because there is no single player in Titanfall. Exactly. And there, I there's supposed to be a story, but it's kind of a multiplayer shoot everybody headed action. Yeah. And and I think that's a huge problem. I mean I know many, I mean, just in my own personal circle of friends, a lot of people don't want the to go online be, for one reason or another, usually because, you know, as soon as you, if you're like this, this newbie jumping onto an online multiplayer for the first time, and you're playing with all these higher level, you, you get your ass handed to in 30 seconds or less. I think that experience that you just described is best represented in recent memory by Max Payne. Max Payne 3's multiplayer was just terribly broken from the beginning, and they never fixed it. It was one of those instances where, you know, if you had the game earlier, you were just insanely better. How am I going to go up against this guy? His primary weapon is a grenade launcher, and I have a 9mm pistol and no body armor. How am I going to stand a chance? It was one of those things where the gap was just immediately so huge that it removed any fun. Yeah, I mean, th- there's that, and you know, a lot of people also don't like, you know, if you know, games with like a speaking or a text function. You know, let's face it, you you jump onto a, you know an online multiplayer. There's a lot of rotten players on there. <laughs> oh god, yeah. Apparently, my mom gets around. <laughs> a lot, apparently. <laughs> All over the country. It's... She was a lot of freaking flyer miles. <laughs> I, and, and suddenly I just picture the image of Egon in my head your mother you know just <laughs> but I mean the, the, the culture is toxic to a lot of people and you know I, I think that some of the AAA developers are aware of that some of them are trying to do things to alleviate that but at the same time you know you're, you're cutting well, like off. You know, where, like, you say to the other person, like, you cocksucker, that was an unfair move. But your me actually says, like, I had a lot of fun playing with you. Yeah, your me says something like, son of a submarine or something. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or, some, you spoony bard. And, you know, meanwhile, you're. Your mother's you, a nice lady. Yeah, meanwhile, you're screaming into your headset, you know, all of the, the, the dirty words on George Carlin's list. And. You know, it's just, you know, coming out like that. But, you know, you're cutting... I, I think it's a bad idea f- for a lot of these AAA developers to have these big, huge multiplayer ideas. You're, you're cutting off a huge chunk of your audience. I mean, some of my, my greatest video game memories are when I, just me and me alone just get totally immersed in a game. You don't have to worry about other players. Right. You so I think, you know, it, it's in this regard where I think indie developers are trying to pick up the slack. Oh, man, that is so true. Wow. Like the Banner Saga. I don't know if any of you guys have played that, but that's a great single-player experience game. You know, some, some recent examples for me personally, Transistor. Mm-hmm. You know, Bastion, the two games by Supergiant. Um... You know, even the behemoth, you know, you have Castle Crashers, which I think is great both single-player and multiplayer. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Um, but the idea is still with Castle Crashers is the same as with Dark Souls. 
is that you can get the whole experience, but the multiplayer just adds in a little fun. They're not stripping things out of the single player experience like you see in a lot of games now. Right. Well, it's, it's kind of look at the uh, the Borderlands games too. I mean, yeah. Borderlands games, you know, it's you can either ha- go up to your four party play through the story, or you can do it single player. And it, it really doesn't. It adds to it when you do it multiplayer. You know, a few other people. The, there's a bit more enemies. You get some interesting interactions, but there's no like. At least in most games I've played, there's nobody screaming at you afterwards that you're this profanity or that profanity cause, and trying to teabag your court. <laughs> Come on, man. That's, a, that's an integral part of online experience. Yeah, I mean, that's just downright un-American. Yeah. You don't like being teabagged? Come on. <laughs> oh. you, you guys forget I play EVE online. I'm conjugating through <laughs> people in my own guild, corp, whatever, so... Sometimes in English, sometimes in Russian, Ukrainian, <laughs> whatever. See, you're learning something. You're becoming more of an internationalist. Sure, we'll go with Reed, that. Reed's, Reed's, <laughs> gonna, Reed's gonna learn curses in about 25 languages by the time uh, he's all done. Yeah. I've never played Eve. I don't want to go anywhere near it. I As, don't have enough money. I, I, you know, I saw the articles that... <laughs> I think the the most one that sticks out in my mind, like somebody shelled out thousands and thousands of actual dollars for a ship, which then got destroyed in like a minute. Well, there's it's it's not that people shell out. It's uh, there's an equivalent to the amount of time and effort that goes in to create some of the ships equates to like a, a real world currency for the value. So there's a great joy. In us Eve players of going and just wrecking somebody's ship that is the equivalent to more than their house payment, probably. That's nice. That's nice. Space is filled with jerks. What can you say? You enjoy this. That's like the fucking going back to like when you were a kid. You're like, that's a nice Lego castle there. I'm gonna knock it over. Exactly. <laughs> but, Reed has Reed has become his own Minecraft creeper. Now, suddenly you understand why I took the path I did with our our uh, multiplayer Mario session. Yeah. Just Reed walks up behind you. Get away from me, you creep! What the fuck? <laughs> but I mean, since, since we're on the subject and we are talking about like you know the single player experience disappearing everything with just uh, since we had mentioned it with. Eve being an example of a game where there is absolutely no single-player experience. That is, first and foremost, designed to be an online, a multi-giant people game. If there is no other people, the game would be boring as hell. It really relies on all the other interactions of people. And I think that we may get to a point that, if we're not already starting to get there, where there's a lot of games that the developers are, are... not necessarily starting to cut quarters, but they're realizing that, hey, if we throw, make it so that other players have to throw in on this, we don't have to really develop this super hard or super intelligent AI NPC. They'll just have some other player that's shooting at them. or We have throw... someone doing our job for us. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Don't get me wrong, I'm not undermining developers right now. Really, I think it's... Yes, it, you are. 
okay, yes, I am. But there's a, I think there really does come to a cost point of it. You know, as, as these companies were looking at the growth of MMOs on, on PCs, you know, like EverQuest, WoW, I mean, look at how popular WoW became. They said, oh, these are popular and they're causing people to play with a bunch of other people. People must like to play with other people. Hey, you know, we can decrease a bit of the content that we focus on adding more, more buckets and things in, in the sandbox, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, that worked so well for Capcom. Capcom saw Call of games like Call of Duty and went, you know, let's make Resident Evil 6 exactly like Call of Duty. <laughs> And the res- oh, the Resident Evil fan base rose up and slayed or slew whatever the word Capcom like what the fuck did you do to our series? This game is The problem is just that there wasn't enough boulder punching. That's <laughs> my greatest achievement in history. How'd you kill Wesker? Oh well, I punched the shit out of this boulder. And I, then I, I, I fired a, an RPG at him, you know, while he became a meat tornado. I'm an angry man! <laughs> Best game ever. Punch orders, meat tornadoes, and fight what looks like... It's the final boss. Way too much... Well, a lot of the boss in that just looks like the results of way too much Taco Bell, so... <laughs> so, you know, Resident Evil 6, Capcom went... You know, Call of Duty made a billion dollars in a day. Let's make Resident Evil 6, you know, entirely a shoot 'em up You see, but they invested a lot, a lot of time and effort into Resident Evil 6, into the cutscenes, which is bizarre. Oh, yes, yes. That's exclusively single-player, and I don't know about you guys, but instead of watching Chris wipe out a room full of guys, I would rather do that. <laughs> That's like, I should... Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, go, I mean, knock yourself out. So, you know, Capcom, you know, I read a recent Game Informer article uh, you know, talking to uh, somebody working in Capcom and Resident Evil. I, for, I forget the name, some long Japanese name. And, uh, you're like, what, you know, what do you have, you know, what are you planning for Resident Evil 7? And my first thought was, oh, God, no. <laughs> Please, do not, do not do to Resident Evil what Sega has done to Sonic. Just stop. Just, oh, just, just God. stop! Just stop! Like, well, you know, you know, our fans let us know, you know, that they didn't really like Resident. Of course, they didn't like Resident Evil Six. You made it Call of Duty. <laughs> I mean, I haven't played the new Dragon Age game though, but I feel like they got the message. Fans really hated Dragon Age Two, and from what I've read, the new Dragon Age is very good, and it's almost exclusively a single player experience, and not entirely. You know, just as a just as a brief aside. You know, the title of the, of the, of the Dragon Age game is called In, you know, Inquisition, and I cannot see that without immediately thinking of Mel Brooks' History of the World. Well, uh, Inquisition, here we go, the, the Inquisition, what a show we're wishing that we'll go away, you know. It's supposed to be, they're killing all the mages, that's the thing, uh, appa- not from what I've seen about it. Yeah. My understanding is the reason why they're killing all their... Uh, they're not killing all the mages, they're trying to stop all the mages from casting some dumb spell because, hello, giant fucking space rift in the sky that's caused by magic. Maybe if you stop doing magic, it'll go away. Yeah, it works in the Dragon Age universe, but we can't 
can't get gun control in the real. Oh, I'm sorry, Thomas. <laughs> sorry. So, so Dragon Age Inquisition is basically you're trying to stop uh, the the cult of Gozer from bringing about the end of the world. Yes. The only problem is the cult of Gozer has already succeeded in opening the portal. We're just trying to stop Gozer itself from coming in and wrecking your shit. <laughs> That's kind of right. Okay. <laughs> there you go. We, we've, we've thrown Ghostbusters references around. Steering the conversation back a few quantum leaps. <laughs> Just the, ki- the, ki- the kind of sophisticated dialogue you'll only get here on downloadable content, ladies and gentlemen. Steering, steering back, um, I was starting to go in the direction of indie games, because I feel that indie games, you mentioned it earlier, uh, Reed, that the, the AAA developers are, you know, they see what's going on in terms of what gamers are buying, and so they, they think that they can get away by, with, you know, less, re, you know, spending less to develop a game. I mean, that's one of the things that I, I love about indie games, is that because they're such small studios... They don't have to necessarily worry about money. Money is not the be-all and end-all. Therefore, they can take a lot of risk. True. And so we're, we're seeing games that are, are solely single-player experiences. I mean, you, you see as much with a lot of the retro games. You know, we've got a, a game coming up next year, which I always call uh, Not Mega Man. The Mighty Number 9. <laughs> yes, Mighty Number 9. Uh, you know, I, I'm, that's still an amazing story. That's just a big fuck you to Capcom. But anyway, uh, Mega Man 2.0. Um, there, there have been some games that I've I've played on Steam that I really, really enjoy. Uh, some RPGs like Cthulhu Saves the World. Yes. Oh man, a throwback to the old uh, SNES style of games. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm playing a platformer. Uh, this is it's not by an indie studio. It's by Ubisoft. Child of Light. I don't know if any of you guys have played it, but it was. I know of it. It it was like a little side project that Ubisoft very quietly released uh, at the same time they released Watch Dogs, <laughs> which is great. I'm playing a platformer called uh, Dust: An Elysian Tale. Oh yes, I'm playing that on uh, on Xbox. Is one of the free with gold games. Oh, you have you you have you have the cost money membership. <laughs> yeah, because I have an Xbox, so I got the gold. Because if you don't get the gold, you don't get not just the free games, but you don't get like some of the the other games. The aspect, uh, you know, for. Like, I'm trying to think of an example, and I'm completely just blanking on all of them. Um, you can play most of it, but for, like, the depth of the, the multiplayer, you got to have the Xbox Gold membership as well. We got to do that with PlayStation now, too. Uh, on PS4 only, though. That's, uh-huh. it, yeah, that, that's a PS4 thing. Which is, which is another thing, uh, which, you know, on PS4... And, and you know Xbox One, you have games in which, in order to put, you have this game which may have a crappy single-player mode, but in order to to play on the multiplayer of this very expensive game you just bought, you need to shell out more money for a membership. 
for fourteen ninety nine a month, you can join the Orcs of WoW and explore Azure. I mean, it's it's and if it's you... the same mentality again. Going going back to MMOs is kind of like granddaddy of forcing online play and everything. You would pay like forty to fifty bucks for the MMO, you know, for the, the actual CD. Spend several hours downloading and installing the update. And then you'd have a monthly charge of like 14, 15 bucks to play the game regularly. And if you act now, an ice crusher. (laughs) This limited edition thing, man, you're going to love it. I mean, that's not to say that there are still, not every game is going the way of multiplayer. I mean, you know, I'm going now somewhat recent, not incredibly recent. Uh, Bioshock Infinite, which. Was an amazing single player experience. I the new goat simulator is MMO only. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. but it's not online. <laughs> it's a it's the new goat simulator is now an MMO simulator, completely <laughs> offline, and you can well, play as microwave. If we lose goat simulator, we lose everything. <laughs> you can be a microwave as a class. I mean, enough said. Folks, uh, there you go. Okay. And so I mean, they they do exist, but I mean, I think, you know, I think they're starting to become at least good single player games are becoming more you know few and far between at least in terms of the AAA, where AAA developers are concerned. So I don't know if necessarily if single player is is dying. I think I think we're going to get a cyclical uh, sort of loop in which you're going to reach a point where gamers are going to be like, "Hey, where did where'd the single player go?" <laughs> I, I'm kind of in the same boat with you. I think we're going to see more of the the trend we've been seeing, of like the big AAA companies and everything having. You know, hey, blah, 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 new game. Smurf Crossing 2.0 is coming out. Greatest game ever. Multiplayer. Challenge your friends. Single player side, side money as DLC or some crap like that. And you'll see more of either the indie companies or smaller, the smaller, the smaller um, developers that have been around for forever coming out with the more single player aspect. But there's, I think you're going to see more and more of some some multiplayer, some community connection aspect in the game itself, whether it's like Dark Souls or forced upon you all the time playing against other people like Titanfall and everything. Although admittedly, look how well, you know, Titanfall and Destiny were kind of, when they came out, most reviewers were kind of like, eh? True. They, 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 yes, they're they're largely or entirely multiplayer, but they had tremendous amounts of hype. And then when they finally came out, people, it just was like so the, the overall consensus was a resounding meh. Oh, I know. Recently, Bungie had a uh, had a statement where they basically were saying that um they uh. They don't believe that current review companies know how to review an MMO in regards to the reviews and scores for Destiny. Well, you know, whatever the case may be, I, I, I still think that if 
trip I think what triple A developers are doing overall is that you know if they keep this this mindset of getting rid of single player it's eventually going to affect their bottom line I mean it's as I said before that's a massive chunk of their audience that they're leaving behind true so do we have any final thoughts to say on the matter before we before I put this episode to bed I see. Excellent. All right. <laughs> Excellent. And Ron is Ron's probably asleep by now. No, I'm still here. I just haven't had much to contribute because all the points I've wanted to make have already have been said. Oh, well. I'm still holding my breath for Hello Kitty Adventure Island <laughs> online play. I'm too, man. I'm waiting for that too. That's gonna be it. The day I can dress up my kitty with other people from around the world. That'll be day of a happy read. Although apparently there's a, there's a single player game out there that I think just either just came out like in the last couple of weeks or came out in the last couple of months. I don't know. My sem- time when I'm in school is just a completely nebulous thing. Uh, the Evil Within, which is a survival horror game, I actually really want to get into. I think that's on sale right now on Steam. It's certainly on sale on Amazon for twenty bucks as opposed to its usual fifty. It's so, thirty on Steam. Yeah. The one problem with me having a birthday so close to Thanksgiving is <laughs> is the fact that I'm I've basically been given a hard cutoff of, you know, when I can buy shit for myself. However, I did get a fifty dollar GameStop gift card for my birthday, so any video games I do not get for Christmas, well, I'll just there you go. There, there I go. So, if you have any comments, questions, things on this episode or any other episode of downloadable content, you can get in touch with us a variety of ways: Facebook.com/slash/dlcontent on Twitter at dlcontent on Tumblr dlcpodcast.tumblr.com. You can also email us. DLC DLcontent1 at gmail.com and as always all episodes can be found on iTunes, YouTube, and Stitcher so a bunch of ways to get downloadable content into your ears T- take that as you will so <laughs> I feel a little uncomfortable <laughs> you I need to take a shower and I need an adult you feel uncomfortable. You weren't uncomfortable with with Maggie in the uh, in the sky in the Elder Scrolls yeah, episode. Yeah, she went a little off the rails there. Yes, <laughs> you feel uncomfortable. That's that's impressive. None of tits in Elder Scrolls. <laughs> and and Ron is probably huddled in a corner yearning for mommy. It's a. Please make the mad pen go away. Please make the mad pen go away. <laughs> I do believe in spooks. I do believe in spooks. I do, I do, I do, I do, I do. All right, I'm Brian. It remains for me to thank Mike, Casey, Ron, and Reed for being on this episode. So thank you, gentlemen. Have a good one, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>